This episode of the Bamboo Pastors Podcast has been brought to you by Resource Global. Resource Global is an organization whose mission is to teach, mentor, and connect emerging Christian marketplace leaders around the world so that they can renew their workplaces and cities for the gospel. From Jakarta to Singapore, from Nairobi to Johannesburg, and from Austin to cities worldwide, Resource Global is bringing these leaders together to learn from like-minded leaders in their own cities, as well as leaders from around the globe. To find out more about the work of Resource Global, please visit resourceglobal.org. Welcome to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being an English-speaking pastor in a Chinese church. I'm Jalen Chan, and I'm here with my co-host, John Mon. Hey, everyone. Together, we host the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We're glad that you're here with us. Come on in and have a seat at the table. All right, welcome back to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We are so glad that you are on with us tonight, listening and uh, checking out our little show about ministry in the Chinese Heritage Church. I am John. I'm here with my good friend, Jalen. And uh, yeah, we're just, we're here hanging out. We have a guest on tonight, but Jalen, it's good to see you. Uh, Always good to hang out. What have you been up to in the last couple of weeks since we last recorded? Uh, Just plugging away with ministry stuff, plugging away with family stuff and things are going well. I think I've been sharing about some basketball stuff with my son and that's been going well. Uh, with ministry, you know, we're excited about some leadership development stuff. We're really trying to get more, uh, train up some more leaders, um, develop some some deacons and elders. Just a few years ago, we brought on our first English ministry elder, and we're just recognizing the need to add more. And so it's been a process of, you know, kind of praying through the process, but also taking steps to to disciple guys and, and prepare guys for the, for that, uh, for that role. So yeah, I'm excited about it, but I know there's going to be some, some interesting conversations. There's going to be some difficult conversations, but also I think looking ahead, just recognizing like this is going to be helpful for our church moving forward. And I think what, one of the things that we're, we're now building into sort of the development of our leaders is a desire and a a commitment to working with our first generation congregation, mm. right? Like that's, that's such a big part of, I think where we're going as a church, as a whole, that we want to make sure that our elders and our deacons are committed to that. And so I think that's, that's been a really like joyful process, seeing people recognize that this is where we're going as a whole church. And then having leaders who are prepared to sometimes have, you know, these relationships that could be really challenging with the first generation. So, Hmm. um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm also just very prayerful about it because I know it's going to be, it's going to be difficult, but I'm also very excited. So yeah, just in the coming, coming weeks and coming months, developing some, some deacons and elders officially bringing them them on as elders and deacons. So I'm excited about that, but also a little, I don't know. I don't know if you can tell, just a little, a little nervous about it too. So, yeah. Well, I mean, it's always a process, right? Like, because they, they don't just show up. You have to really pour into and disciple them um, to bring them to a place where they can shepherd well. But I think something that I appreciate about what you just said is, is that intentionality with um, really helping them understand like their role is to serve the whole church, not just your congregation. Um, And, and I, I think in, 
I feel like in the past, maybe at least in places that I've served, um, or just hearing stories about the Chinese Heritage Church, sometimes it's uh, it's easy, especially if you're maybe like fighting for your first or the first couple, um, you know, elders in your church that come from the English side. Um, it can feel like okay, we we are trying to to bring someone into that role to serve the needs of our growing congregation. Um, but I feel like what you described, which is they're going to serve in English, but they're also going to have a thought towards how do we connect across congregations? How do we really shepherd there? That, that feels like the next step um, and needs to be like a necessary evolution for lack of a better word. Sure. Um, with the way, yeah, where you do eldership. So that's good. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that is definitely something that we have we've put in front of our people. And I think especially as we talk with potential deacons and elders like, hey, you know, this this is a big part of who we are and we want to make sure to, mm -hmm. to pass that along. Mm -hmm. But yeah, how are you doing? How have things been been with you? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. It has been quite busy uh, of late. So I think when this episode comes out, it'll be after New Year's, like this will be in January sometime. But right now it's the middle of December. And so at church, we're in the middle of Advent. Um, so I'm preaching this weekend. And then like, I have a young adult and college retreat that I'm responsible for um, coming up at the end of the year, right before New Year's. Um, and so it's just a lot going on at once. I think it's one of those times where I feel like, okay, um, it's easy for me to rely on, you know, you've done this before, you've preached for Advent before, you've led retreats before, um, but I have to remind myself like, yeah, I, I can't do this on my own. Not only do I need help from my team and others that I serve alongside, but um, I need I need the Lord to really do the work in me and through me. And so it's been a good reminder of that, I think in the last um, couple of weeks or so. Um, and yeah, but I am excited for the retreat, especially uh, as we get closer, really thankful for um, people signing up and excited because uh, one of our one of our former guests, uh, actually a multi time guest to the podcast, Pearson Lau is our retreat speaker. And so, um, you know, maybe I don't know if we should say this on the podcast, but one of the things I really enjoy besides the excellent teaching that the the speakers uh, you know, retreat speakers that I invite to come, um, besides their, their role in teaching and, and shaping my people. Uh, I like the fact that I get to hang out with them for three days, uh, on a retreat. And so it's always good times. It's not the first time I've done a retreat with Pearson. Uh, I've preached when he was a youth pastor, I preached at his church. When I was a youth pastor, he preached at my church, um, or at our retreats. And so really looking forward to, to that retreat and hanging out with him. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know that you de you definitely like hanging out with the speakers because you get to choose them, and then it's basically your friends that you hang out with for a few days. So I know you enjoy that. Yeah, not the first criteria because <laughs> I want to make sure they're the right fit for my young adult group. But of course, that's an added bonus when yes. they are they happen yeah. to be good friends. So yeah, I was going to ask you for your Advent. Are you are you guys doing an Advent series? Or are you just preaching through something else? Uh, no, so we this year we are not doing a, a specific series for the preaching portion of our Advent services. Um, our the 
candle lighting, you know, Advent readings we did through a series, but we, uh, this, I think our series kind of got broken up in the middle because we actually had a baptism service last week. Um, and so that was also exciting because we had one of my college students got baptized and then had a couple of baptisms from our partner Vietnamese congregation. And so they don't normally join us for stuff, but that was just fun to do service with them together. But I think because of that, it was hard to kind of do a continuous one. So I'm, yeah, I kind of had freedom to choose what I wanted to preach on. So I landed in cool. Luke one, um, Zechariah Ooh. and the birth of John the Baptist. So yeah. that's where I'm headed. But. Nice. Yeah, we started a, a Luke Gospel of Luke at the beginning of the year, and we're in chapter nine now. Uh, so we'll probably take all of next year as well to finish. But wow, yeah, we're and we're not doing an Advent series either. We're just preaching straight through Luke, mm -hmm. and it just happens that you know there's some really good tie-ins to Advent uh, in chapter nine. So yeah. it's been fun. Awesome. But anyways, I'm really glad that we have our guest on tonight, because as you said, it is a busy season. It's Advent and there's a lot of things going on. And uh, Hanley Liu is our is our guest. He is the English lead pastor at First Chinese Baptist Church in Walnut. And so we know that even with the busy schedule that you have, it's great that you would take time to join us. So Hanley, thanks for joining us on the Bamboo Pastors podcast. No, I'm happy to um, to be with you guys tonight, today or tonight. Thanks for inviting me. I really do enjoy your your podcast, listening to the Bamboo Pastors. Yeah. Oh, awesome. We are glad that you tune in and we're glad even more to have you on the podcast because we have uh, spent time hanging out with you at, uh, you know, the CHC Collective. And uh, also, actually, we did uh, kind of a an episode it wasn't really for this podcast specifically, but with you and uh, Ben Pun for Sola. So we're glad to now have you on the podcast <laughs> specifically. Um, but for our first time guests, we always uh, ask them to just share a little bit of their ministry journey and their calling. So would you just yeah give us a, a brief summary of kind of how the Lord has brought you to where you're at now? Yeah, so I grew up in the church, but I had so I had rough teenage years, so I didn't give I didn't respond to the gospel fully till I would say my junior year of high school. But when I responded, it was almost the extreme of God, you know, I've been so bad. I've taken you for granted that if, if the Bible is true, if you're real, and if you do call me to ministry, who am I to say no? Uh, and so I, I was always open since my uh, going into my senior year of high school, I was open to ministry, but I just didn't think I was good enough. Uh, but I did uh, feel le led to apply to a Christian university. So I, ended up uh, attending Biola University, Christian University. And there, my heart was open because I was, I'm like, I'm on this campus where there's all these resources to equip me for ministry, God, if you would call me. And one thing led to another. And by the end of my sophomore year, I would say that uh, I felt confirmation that the Lord was calling me specifically to pastoral ministry. So I took an internship at a church. Uh, I, I left my church for a couple of years. Uh, to basically try um, a, a white church, a majority culture church, or to, to get out of the Chinese church to try something different. And I interned for about two years. Then my senior year of college, I went back. I came back to First Chinese Baptist Church of Walnut, FCBC, just to visit. And the senior pastor, uh, who was my senior pastor growing up, asked me if I would consider becoming a youth intern. And I've been back here since then. So 2003 uh, was when I came back to FCBC Walnut, and 
Um, I really feel like this church, my home church, FCBC Walnut, really helped me confirm my calling uh, through the years. So now it's been 20 years since I've been back. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I really appreciate, you know, just the way that God designs his story for us and the way that he called you into ministry out of maybe some tumultuous teenage years, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, and it's cool that he brought you back to the church that you were part of, right? Mm -hmm. And that you've been there for, for so long. Uh, one of the things that we kind of want to focus on for this episode is uh, the partnership with Sola. And so uh, maybe could you give us a little bit of background on Sola, the Sola Network, and how you got connected and then maybe why you feel like Sola is a partnership that you find um, worthwhile and important in ministry. Yeah, Sola is a, is a network uh, built on the partnership of local churches here in Southern California. Uh, it, was, it was launched by a group of Korean American pastors who served in the Asian American church or English ministries. And then they have expanded to include uh, churches in other parts of the United States, so outside of Southern California. Uh, Sola is basically, first, there's a digital platform. So just think of a Asian American uh, gospel coalition. So uh, there's articles that get published that, that are, you know, a wide range of topics geared towards Asian Americans. There's podcasts that they put out, some videos. And, and then they have a, a conference. They used to have a Sola conference annually. And now they've they've transitioned to the Asian American Leadership Conference, which is they're trying to reach a broader audience. Um, and the the Solar Conference used to be, um, I think, every spring in Southern California. Uh, and then thirdly, they try to do some leadership development. So whether that's leadership cohorts or um, panel discussions locally, which they call leadership dialogue. Um, and so a lot of that happened in Southern California. So I I knew of Sola. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't invited to, or I didn't really join Sola until 2018. Uh, so around 2018, I think Sola was trying to broaden their reach and trying to include more Asian Americans. So not just Korean Americans, they, they're well aware that they're dominantly Korean American. And so one of the council members, um, uh, knew of me and recommended my name and, um, just to talk to me. So a few Sola leaders, um, engaged me. They invited me to join one of those leadership panels locally. Uh, and a few months later, they shortly after, they invited me to join the council. Uh, and so since 2018, I've been on the Solar Council and uh, it's been it's been a joy. I've learned so much from uh, being on, on Solar. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that, that we have talked about, Jalen and I, and, and we know is that um, we think you were the first like Chinese American in in that team, right on that council, um, but have since they've since added a few more, uh, mostly folks we've had on the podcast as well. Um, and so I'm just like curious, you know, how do you see that? Um, yeah, Sola's desire to really continue to to um, connect with Chinese heritage churches. Like, how do you see that developing and growing, and and what are some of the benefits of that? Yeah, I think Sola was always, always desiring to expand their council to include um, non-Koreans. Uh, they saw that as a priority. Uh, and so once I joined, I think they always wanted, and, and I'll, it's, I think it's okay to mention other council members by name. I think they always wanted Enoch. They knew of Enoch, but I think Enoch was busy during that time. 
Um, and so now that Enoch's joined, it's been a joy. They've, uh, you know, they've always known of Joey um, Chan. Uh, they also know of Jason Tarn. And so these are um, pastors that you've had on, on this podcast, friends and co-laborers in the gospel. So um, I think it, it hit a sweet spot where recently the three of them agreed and said, okay, we'll come on council. Um, so I think with the four of us on council, uh, especially with the three of those brothers representing, or two of those brothers, Jason and Enoch, representing the leadership of the Chinese Heritage Church uh, Collaborative, um, I think that we can begin to, you know, push forward in, in having more of a voice for the Chinese Heritage Church. I think previously, it's it was just a lot of my input. So in the council meetings, I would share about some of the distinctions between uh, ministering in the Chinese Heritage Church as opposed to or even to just Chinese Americans outside of the Chinese Heritage Church, as opposed to, you know, maybe a, a Korean American um, culture. Yeah. Yeah. Can we tease that out a little bit? Can you point to maybe one or two things that you found, you know, maybe while you were kind of running solo as the 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 lone Chinese American guy, what were some differences you saw as far as maybe how Korean American pastors or leaders would approach things versus how how we as Chinese Americans would approach things? Yeah, so uh, so Sola is built on this um, great desire to platform <laughs> um, Asian American voices. So when you consider some of the major conferences in the United States or Canada, majority culture driven, um, they're less likely to to platform uh, the average Asian American voice or maybe Asian American voices that wouldn't be discovered or heard. <clears throat> so I know that that comes from a, a great place. So whether that's platforming a writer. Uh, a blogger, um, a pastor, a leader, a preacher, uh, a worship band or, or leader, worship team, whatever that might be. But but a lot of times, and I think they understand that in Chinese circles, uh, we can't platform ourselves. Uh, in fact, it's it's it would be unbecoming for one Chinese American leader or church to write a book, uh, let's just say eight marks of a healthy Chinese church and say, all your churches should do this curriculum, it, it's like the other Chinese churches uh, and Chinese leaders might think, well, who do you think that you are? Mm. Um, and so uh, I, I know that's that's changing. There's more collaboration now between generations and different uh, denominations or tribes uh, uh, within the Chinese American church but or Chinese Heritage Church. But I would say that's one major difference is that the Korean Americans positively, I would say they're not afraid to uh, platform themselves, and I, I would say in an appropriate way. Uh, so to to put their voice out there, to to write write an, an article, uh, maybe address a controversial issue, and put like like racial justice, and just put it out there, unafraid of what um, other churches would say. Or um, yeah, so so basically, when even when they interviewed me or met me, they're like, hey, we really want to platform voices like yours. And I'm like, well, I don't know how my church would feel about it. I'm not that way. Mm. So I remember when they asked me to write my first article, I was so self-conscious. Mm. I was like, well, no, this is not perfect. This is not good. Um, I have to cite sources. They're like, no, uh, just just put it out there. And so um, I, I think that's something I learned from Korean Americans that um, we can we can appropriately, I think, let our voices be heard with, uh, but there's a fine balance where we're not self-promoting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, I'd say something you just mentioned. I feel like I would resonate a lot with that, which is even, even in some ways, like for this podcast, 
I think like Jalen and I, you know, we definitely have had to put ourselves out there a little bit and we're thankful that all of our guests are willing to do that as well. But we've also been, I guess, um, it's been important to us that we, uh, there was a distinction between like, this is kind of something that is on our hearts, um, but we're not like, oh, we represent, I don't represent my whole church right, in that yeah. necessarily, right. um, if that makes sense, right? And not not yeah. that my church would be opposed to this, is at all opposed to this podcast. I've had plenty of my staff come on. Um, but I think just making sure that, yeah, that we are not, I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but just being careful, I guess, with, um, yeah, like this is, this is our thing, not again, to keep it for ourselves, but in case we do something and we make a mistake, then it, it insulates, I guess, our church, right, our yeah. churches from the ridiculous things we might say on this podcast. I don't know. Yeah. Jalen, do you feel similarly or? Yeah, no, I, I think that, yeah, especially as far as platforming, you know, the podcast, I think it's been something that we've, we're still trying to figure out, right? I think like John, you and I were not very active on social media, or at least I barely know how it works. And so <laughs> uh, it's hard to, it's it's hard for me to like push stuff on, you know, social media just in general but then mm. to plug something that's sort of just like a thing that i do is it's kind of weird yeah. it feels weird for me but yeah. yeah yeah no no i think you guys have really hit the heart of i think what what we would feel is good for the chinese heritage church because um in, in all of your podcasts you're never saying this is the way we need to go or there's one movement or one model or or this mm. is good or this is bad but you feature a wide range of voices and and I I do think that it, it very much so that represents the Chinese collectiveness. So that's where I think it is sometimes if someone asks us, hey, can you speak on behalf of Chinese, the Chinese Heritage Church? I'm like, who am I? Like, you need to hear a collective voice because there's so much diversity within mm -hmm. our churches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe not for this episode. We we can talk about this, Jalen, or we can have Hanley and Enoch and those guys all on together. But I would be curious to kind of know where that, I guess, like how we have arrived at these points, because I think from an outsider's perspective, or maybe a, a non-Asian American perspective, they would look at, they would look at like Korean churches and Chinese churches or just East Asians, East Asian Americans, maybe as kind of like a monolith, you know, we're, I feel like we're always being put into that Asian American category. And yet these cultural differences are very pronounced when you're when you're in them right maybe to an outsider's perspective it would be like what do you mean it's just like you have an english ministry they have an english ministry they have a first generation ministry you have a first generation ministry but even how we approach partnership and like you just said or as you've been saying hanley it can be really different and so yeah it's good i think that that you're learning in that space because it's there's there's valuable lessons for us to learn from them i don't think either way necessarily is like yeah. the better way it's just unique to who we are um and so maybe just to kind of keep going down that road you know how from your vantage point because i think you've been connected to solo now for several years like you said 2018 i think um for jalen and i we've known about sola and kind of from a distance but it wasn't until more recently that they uh, we kind of worked out this this partnership to you know 
um, have some of our episodes featured on Sola and, and uh, we're thankful for that, that partnership. Um, but we maybe haven't seen the, the day in day out of like how churches have really benefited from, um, from partnership with Sola or from the resources they put out specifically Chinese heritage churches. So I guess from, from where you've been sitting on their council and, and maybe having a more behind the scenes look, what, what are some ways that you've seen Chinese heritage churches really benefit from the work of Sola? Well, I, I think there's two. Uh, the first is the first is just a digital publishing. I mean, there are Chinese American voices, Chinese Australian voices. I think there's one or two. Um, there's Chinese Canadians uh, that get published. I mean, they're just basic blogs or topics or articles. And these voices, uh, these names probably would not be known uh, outside of Sola maybe platforming them. Uh, and so I, I've seen that benefit. I've seen individuals like college students from within my church or, our, I mean, our church, FCBC Walnut or another church, a uh, Chinese church locally, uh, just they write an article, it gets featured. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, the second thing that I, I feel like I've learned and benefited personally, uh, and this is a big difference, I feel like between some many Korean American churches versus English ministries or English pastors in Chinese churches, because of what we're able to do is, I, I learn a lot about uh, production, how to run conferences, events, um, and and leadership. Uh, when you're talking about the Chinese Heritage Church, like we have a spiritual gift of saving money. So we may want to do things excellent, but excellent means don't go into the red and do the best that you can. And not to say that we don't do a good job, but we just, I think, when, especially within the immigrant church, we value different things. But when, when you work with these Korean Americans, man, they're just they see majority culture and they're like, we're going to match it. So like anything from high honorarium for speakers to raising funds, to spending money on the best equipment, uh, production, to even how they plan and run a, a conference, it's it's not mom and pop at all, you know? And so it, even I was able to take some of those skills and not, not really transplant it over within FCBC Walnut, but to kind of lead us to to get more organized and be less bomb and pop and uh we were able to ha allow some of our you know other pastors and other leaders to be in some of these cohorts and also learn um that i guess that organizational side uh whatever it might be so i think those are two benefits uh that i personally gleaned and i've seen uh and experienced from working within sola yeah are you able to as a council member are you able to share a little bit about what you're excited about kind of in the in the coming months or you know what's what's coming down the line for sola things that that we can look forward to i mean besides asian american leadership conference i know that sola you know it, it started off really just you know we're 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 aligned and we affirm the gospel coalition doctrinal statement or their statement of faith and that's where we align with and very much we're trying to reach asian americans um maybe where tgc doesn't uh or isn't able to but now i think because we see ourselves in this inflection point where inflection point where it's this cultural moment where asian americans are saying look we can recognize that there's a lot that we can learn and benefit from majority culture but there are things that god has given us our god-given experience our identity um where there's other Asian Americans who are looking for us to, to speak into their lives and, and we can learn from each other. So uh, I, I feel excited about the future of Sola because 
everything is is in process it's in development you know and that's where i do think that um they take very seriously the the chinese heritage church voice and so it's yet to be seen you know i think where that direction is going to go uh but alc um the asian american leadership conference which is coming up next uh april of 2024 i mean enoch lao is going to be a keynote speaker one of the plenary speakers and um and so that's that's amazing you know to just uh, and then the chinese heritage church um collaborative is one of the or the collective or collaborative whichever it's one of the key sponsors uh, and so just to just to see the corner turn i think that will be more diverse because i think reaching the future of the chc versus what god is doing within um the korean americans or the larger asian american church i think there's going to be some distinctions uh, mm -hmm. but ultimately we can learn from each other so i don't have anything concrete but i think that's what i'm excited about so even with the new council members coming on we haven't really done a project yet so i i think this conference coming up would be the first major conference um uh, oh there is a book i think that they've released that on social media where um <laughs> it's yeah you know, we, the, the council members are, we, we contribute. I mean, so we're just trying to write our best and, you know, have the editors help it, I, you know, so I, I think that'll be pretty cool. Um, it's a cool project that we're uh, working on. We're all, uh, you know, kind of like, oh, is this good enough? But uh, that's where some of the leaders of Sola just encourage us, hey, just just put it out there and, you know, and, and, and see where it goes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and I think we're going to talk about the conference uh, a little bit more. Just a yeah. moment, we'll let you do a, a full plug, and we want our listeners to at least to know about it. Um, you know, and, and because in the past, at least for the collective back in May, we do know that there were people who listening to this podcast ended up at that gathering, and so our hope is that this would be a platform which we could could share. You know, um, opportunities like this. Um, but before we talk about that, because I don't want to get too far from this conversation, um, it, this is maybe a tougher question. So, Hanley, we appreciate you letting us ask this. Um, but I think we we just together we recognize because there are differences um, between like culturally between Chinese Americans, Korean Americans, and and anytime you bring people together in partnership, when when cultures are different, even when they're not, but especially when cultures are different, there's there's opportunity for challenges to arise. Sometimes it could be tension, it could be other things. Um, and so I, I guess I'm curious, like what have been some of the challenges of working with, with Sola because it's primarily, or at least originally um, was formed as a network of Korean American or Korean heritage churches? You know, have there been things that you've had to kind of work through with them or um, even for yourself as you've navigated that space? Yeah, and, and I would say the challenges um, may be unique to certain circles of Chinese heritage churches as opposed to others. Um, and so I said, I, I think one of the challenges, as I mentioned, was is platforming, you know, and so there there is a push, right? There's a positive push. Hey, hey let's get ourselves out there. Let's get our voices out there. Um, and sometimes for for at least the church culture I'm in, it's like, well, I have to be careful, you know, how much. Uh, we platform. I think the other thing is that um, with Sola, there's a large emphasis on, on, hey, this is unique. We should gather people because you have an Asian American face and an Asian American voice. 
and it's so valuable. So um, if we have these uh, Korean American pastors um, who are semi well known in the evangelical world, let's gather. And it's hard for me to go to the Chinese networks and say, hey, show up for this. But if you bring the majority culture guy, so if you bring D.A. Carson or Tim Keller, um, I know it's not an Asian face, but then the English pastors from Chinese churches, they're all going to be there, you know? And so I'm trying to explain that, that maybe for Chinese Americans, we don't really need to have um, a Chinese face and a Chinese voice to gather because we're so busy. But if you're talking about gathering for a purpose where we're talking about the needs of our churches or like the CHC uh, collective or, um, you know, building relationships, then that might be something uh, something that we'll gather for, but it's not sexy, right? It's not sexy uh, to have a conference on the Im the Chinese immigrant church. But you know what? So many of my friends with pastoral friends would go out to that conference or or that small gathering. And so I think it's trying to say, okay, you know, again, Chinese, like we, we it's not that we value different things, but uh, different types of things speaks, speak to different people. Uh, I think the other challenge that was unique to me was that Sola is focused on the emerging generation. Um, and so with the Korean Americans and uh, when, when the George Floyd um, thing happened and when everybody was talking about racial justice and, uh, and racism um, in America, there, there's a lot of um, Chinese churches that are way more conservative and they would see that as a little too woke. And so um, people who knew me would um, email me or ask me, hey, do you support this? You know, and I would find myself in a hard position because I would understand that there's merits to discuss these topics, that this is what the younger generation is asking. Yet in my Chinese church circle, I can't get up and call my church to go to a, a rally or something for Asian Americans um, against a AAPI hate because uh, my leadership at our church would probably see me as being liberal, whereas for the Korean Americans, that was no problem, especially if they were an independent uh, Korean American or Asian American church. So those are some of the, so within the council, there is a range where we all agree on the core doctrines. Uh, we're all like-minded in, in being gospel-centered, church-centric, the priority of local church, the priority of um, the Great Commission and discipling the emerging generation, but there is a range of, I think, distinction in terms of there's a there's there's a range in terms of where where our churches are and where our circles stand, uh, and so that was a challenge for me, uh, and so there were times where I did have to um, sit down with uh, our deacons and explain to them the the real questions that the younger generation is asking and why soul is beneficial and and by God's grace our church has continue to fully support Sola. And obviously, you know, so I, I find myself in that tension often. Yeah, I guess as a follow-up to that, I'm wondering, has it been hard? Do you find for you guys on the council, for Sola as a, you know, as a network, has it been hard to connect with Chinese heritage churches for some of these reasons? I mean, have you, have you experienced some kind of maybe, um, probably not out and out pushback, right? But sort of the more just passive aggressive, like, Oh, that's that's nice, but there's not a whole lot of commitment to engaging with Sola or some of the Sola things that are happening. Yeah, there's been some. Uh, there's been some where uh, maybe they come out to a conference and 
uh, they feel like maybe the feel is too Korean. That's that's in their understanding. Um, uh, there's there's been uh, other instances where uh, yeah, I think certain Chinese churches in Southern California, um, we are really close to, um, you know, I'm not saying this negatively, but we're really close to John MacArthur's church. So there's a lot of Chinese American pastors who um, align more readily with uh, with with a Bible church culture and camp. Uh, so when Sola is um, more open to engaging some of these hot topics, it, it paints us in a certain light, right? Obviously, we're aligned with TGC, but um, it, it does you know it does create some divide. I think that's just being honest. Um, you know, where whereas Korean American churches are are less Baptistic and more tied to the Presbyterian circle and Tim Keller and more of the Gospel Coalition. So they're naturally more aligned with where Sola's headed. So I would say that's been hard. We did have a local um, little gathering where it was focused on the immigrant church and the issues in the immigrant church. And that small gathering was the conference or the little gathering where the most Chinese um, Chinese Heritage Church English pastors attended, mm -hmm. most highly attended event. And and during that conference and afterwards, I was telling some of the leadership of Sola, I said, see, the topic is not sexy, but it brought out all of the Chinese Heritage Church pastors because mm -hmm. I think in that way, we're very practical. We're saying, hey, how is this going to help me, you know, within within some of the issues that we deal with within the Chinese church. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious just to kind of hearing you say that last example, um, because just a moment ago, you know, Jalen and I were both talking about how, you know, in, in his church, at least in this particular episode, we talked about how there's been this focus on, okay, English still needs to have in mind, like, how do we serve the first generation? that we're connected, that we're one church. And I know that that's something that um, at both churches that I've served at, that is, there's a strong desire for that, that, you know, elders serve the whole church, not just one congregation or not just the emerging congregation or emerging young people or, or, or something like that. Like even in my role as a young adult college pastor, I have to really help lead my young people to engage with like the full church and to serve in, in the full church. And I, again, I don't think it's necessary that Korean heritage church, at least as far as I know, Korean heritage churches don't care about that, but maybe they, they've had a different approach or maybe a different model. It seems at least this is probably purely anecdotal. Yeah. So I want to be careful not to lump all Korean churches together. Yeah. Um, but at least from some of the examples that I know of, um there's maybe less of that desire to like right. okay how do we cross generations and more like okay now we are where we've established our own identity and we're launching out into something new and that's a very different approach and i wonder if you know like that's probably a huge piece of that right yeah uh, and i think that's the that's what fascinates the Korean American brothers that I work with, it it's actually the Chinese Heritage Church's contribution to this conversation mm -hmm. of where we're headed. Whereas the Korean American Church, a lot of times they're 
they want to be independent. That's more of the conversation where the Korean ministry side and the English ministry side, uh, they realize, okay, you know, they need to be independent, or even if they're on the same campus or one church, they have two elderships, two separate budgets, very much like, you know, two separate ministries. Whereas, you know, for the Chinese Heritage Church, we're seeing more and more uh, we wanting to stay together. Is there a way where we can um, collaborate and, 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 and co-lead? Right. And that conversation, uh, there's more there's more direction that way. Uh, obviously, there's cases within the Chinese Heritage Church where that's not happening. But I think that's that's a key distinction. So you're right. And that's a big one, you know. Yeah, that, that'll be that'll be interesting to kind of track in the, you know, in the coming years. I think that's certainly, yeah, uh, for both John and I, that's that's a heart that we have and interested to see how it goes. I want to circle back to what we were talking about earlier with yeah. the Asian American Leadership Conference. And uh, maybe if you could just do that full plug, but also just share yeah. a little bit about what, you know, what you're excited about for the uh, Asian American Leadership Conference and uh, what it's all about. Yeah, so um, the Asian American Leadership Leadership uh, Conference is uh, next April. the The theme is writing the next chapter, empowering Asian American voices for gospel ministry, and uh, it goes back to this uh, moment where we find ourselves uh, in between. Right, we're in between. Um, this is my own language, but like two waves of of the Asian American Church or two generations. So there's we want to build on the work of that first generation of English pastors uh, where the English congregations or English ministries first started. And then uh, so for the Korean Americans, they started planting, you know, independent Korean American churches. Uh, and now we see that, you know, some of those churches have moved towards multi uh, and, and multi-ethnic expression. Um, now we're seeing within the Chinese church, maybe uh, a return to the immigrant church. So we you know, I think in our age, us, you know, whether we're older millennials or younger millennials, we're like in between and we're on that cusp of, okay, we're not the, the first generation of maybe English pastors who pay their dues and have to wrestle with a, with a Chinese immigrant, um, you know, generation. We still have those challenges, but now we're looking at a younger generation that wants to be in the Chinese Heritage Church. What does this look like going forward, Right. Um, and so within the Asian American church, there's so many expressions. And so I think it, it, it's not one voice, but it's a collective voice where we're building on the past. Uh, but we really have to write this, write the next chapter. Nobody outside of the Asian American church is going to write this chapter for us. But in order for us to write this chapter, we need to be together. We need to agree to disagree on secondary issues and come together and really say, OK, what is the future for us? Um, and we've talked about, I mean, you've mentioned your guests have talked about this, but we're also in this cultural moment where um, it's it's more acceptable uh, within popular culture like K-pop, like Asian-Americans. Right. Whereas I think that, you know, maybe when we first went to Bible college or seminary, it was like, OK, the goal is to be like the best of uh, Western majority culture, evangelical leaders or, or or to be like them, to have our churches like them. But now we're realizing, okay, you know what? There's value that we've taken from the majority culture and what we've learned from um, the Western framework of theology. But at the same time, we're not 100%. I wouldn't say that we're Eastern in our thought if you're Asian American. At the same time, we're not fully American in that sense of 
being part of majority culture. So we're uniquely Asian American. So if we're not fighting the battle with the first generation anymore, uh, I mean, I, I think that's still an ongoing discussion, then what does it look like, right? And so we're not waiting for our parents' generation to give us permission, <laughs> you know, because that's not their role. We're not waiting for majority culture. That would be weird for majority culture to say, okay, you guys can, you know, have your own voice now, but it's really us to come together. So I think um, that's what this conference is about. Um, and we hope that it's just a starting point, uh, not, not a conference where people come to get answers per se, but to come together to, to begin and continue the ongoing dialogue to build relationships. I think we're, we want to focus on a lot of opportunity for people to connect and build relationships uh, so that so that we can really set the path forward for the subsequent generations that come uh, after us. Yeah, it is April 23rd and 24th. I think it's a full day, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, that sounds like. Uh, in Orange County. And if uh, you're listening to the podcast and you're interested in more information, you can find that at aalc.network. Um, but Hanley, you know, you just mentioned that one of the one of the desires or the goals is to really connect. And so I'm just curious, are there any specific opportunities um, for that for Chinese heritage churches at the conference itself, either like workshops or any gatherings or anything like that? Yeah. So uh, other besides um, Enoch, um, Enoch Lel being a plenary speaker, um, I'll be the MC or the host, whatever you call that. So I'll be greeting people. And so it's a, it's a Chinese face <laughs> with a Chinese name. So that's a little different. Uh, and then we will have one of the days there will be a, a Chinese heritage breakout lunch, uh, luncheon. And so that's where all of the Chinese heritage leaders will gather and we could, you know, we'll have lunch and um, I do believe the CHC will be will be leading that. So whether it's a panel, I mean, I think that's up to Enoch and Jason, um, but whether there'll be a panel and we are still working on whether or not they will have a workshop uh, that's that uh, that Jason would be a part of uh, leading in terms of the the Chinese immigrant church or revitalization. That's still in the works. Either way, the awesome thing and the difference between this time and the first ALC is that the Chinese Heritage Church leaders will be there. So you will see Jason, Enoch, uh, Joey, and um, you know they're one of the key, uh, the major sponsoring organizations. So you know they'll be shouted out from the stage. Um, I don't know if they'll have a table, but they will. Their presence will be there. Um, we the thing about Chinese though, we're not loud. That's the thing. So this was one, this came back on the feedback form. So I'm being very honest, right? And um, and I love my Korean American brothers and sisters because they're they're open to this feedback. They understand. Um, they call it Korean broman culture. So this is coming from my Korean American brothers. That when you walk into ALC, it's loud. With the Koreans, they know each other. They're like, hey man, what's up? You know, they're they're loud, they're animated, um, they're greeting each other. But the Chinese leaders and pastors are kind of just quiet. You see friends, you talk in the corner. That's just us, you know, mm -hmm. and we're not very loud. And, you know, there's uh, but this year, I think it's not so much that we'll be loud, but you'll you'll see the presence of of Chinese heritage leaders, you know, on the stage, in the hallways, you know, in the audience. And I think that'll be really refreshing for us to connect. So so that that's what I would I would say those those, those facets. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for it. I think that's something that 
certainly any of us who are part of, you know, Chinese Heritage Church ministry should be looking at, you know, um, being, being aware of what is God doing around our country in our Asian American churches? And what are some of the things that we can learn and be blessed by? And so I think that's a, you know, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the conference. It's, it's going to be a great time. Well, as we wrap, the question that we always end with is, is this, what is one piece of advice or encouragement you would give to someone who is currently serving in the CHC besides signing up for AALC and besides going to Solo Network to check out all the content there? And besides listening to the Bamboo Pastors podcast? <laughs> yes, definitely besides that. <laughs> no, uh, I would say, I don't know if it's advice or encouragement, but I, I think it's 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 something that we learn uh, over the years is that within the Chinese Heritage Church, often uh, relational relational capital will take you further than positional authority. Um, a lot of times for English pastors or English youth pastors, we might be younger. We might not be the senior pastor. We might not come in with clout or a position, but if you if you earn trust over time, basically they've seen you consistently like, hey, you're not leaving us. You've stuck with us or you want to be with us, uh, then over time that trust will allow you to make changes. You'll be able to change culture. Uh, and that's going to take you so much further than if you came in with a title of lead or senior pastor, but you have no relationships and you come in with this crazy vision, but they're not going to listen to you, right? They're going to go back to uh, to the people that they trust who have earned trust. So I, I think that's maybe my advice was, is that it takes patience and time, but build relationships, build relational capital with, uh, especially with the Chinese leaders or the older leaders, if you're a younger leader, uh, and that'll take you a long way. Yeah, oh, that's a that's a great word, um, Hanley. So I I definitely, that's something I learned it, in some moments it, the hard way um, over the years in ministry. And so um, if you are, not just if you're new to ministry, but I think everyone serving in the Chinese Heritage Church would really benefit from taking that to heart. But thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight and sharing your time and your heart for the Chinese Heritage Church and your heart for the Asian American Church too, um, with us and with our listeners. We've, it's been just a good time um, hearing that. And uh, yeah, looking forward to what God will do uh, in you and in the work that you're doing with Sola and and um, yeah, ALC. So thanks for coming on tonight. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for letting me hang out with the two of you. Thanks, Henry. That's the end of our episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on. Rate and review us and check in every week as we explore the joys and challenges of ministry in the Chinese church. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bamboo Pastors. See you next time.